0: Story time with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. Story time. Story time with Mama G. Hello, everybody. It is Mama G here. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of Story Time with Mama Mamma G. Now, I am very, 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 very very excited for this episode because I am speaking to an illustrator and an author who created one of my favourite books of the last few years. Now, if you've seen me at your local library or a museum or bookshop or wherever, if you've seen me, quite frankly, Chances are very high you have seen me read this book. Uh, this book is called Julian is a Mermaid and it is by Jessica Love. And it's a very beautiful story about a boy who decides that he wants to be a mermaid and his grandmother. Who may or may not let him follow his dreams. It's a gorgeous book, like I said, and I had a wonderful chat with Jessica about the book and about her career. Now, I do have the slightest of confessions, which is there was a technical mishap which led me to believe that our interview had not been recorded. So we redid it, but we didn't have a lot of time because Jessica had another appointment. Since then, I have discovered that both interviews were recorded. Now, I was just going to use one of them. I was going to try and splice them together. Then I decided that what might work is if I put both interviews on here, you can listen to both of them. If you're feeling in the mood for something a bit shorter, you probably want to head to about 33 minutes in. If you're looking for something more in-depth, then keep listening. And now we have two interviews with the gorgeous, talented and incredible Jessica Love. everybody, it's Mama G here, and welcome to another episode of Storytime with Mama G. And we have gone international today, and I'm very excited because uh, we are talking to someone from across the water. Now, person from across the water, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, please?
1: I would be delighted. My name is Jessica Love. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I wrote and illustrated the picture book, which is in the United States, known as Julian is a mermaid, but across the water in the UK is known as Julian is a mermaid.
0: Well, it's very exciting to meet you, Jessica. But before we talk about the book, because that's not the only reason we're here, is I'd like to talk about you, Jessica. Oh, because God. The- uh, well, because it must be very interesting, because the podcast is all about. Well, I am all about being who you are and loving who you want. So I'm trying to speak to people who I think are living their dreams. Are you living your dream at the moment, Jessica?
1: Well, sure. It's like a dream. <laughs> it has dreamlike qualities. You know that. It that is a funny, a funny thing about about having your dreams come true. How quickly you acclimate to what you thought would be all you could ever hope for and want and then uh the ceiling gets raised um but to have truly to have to have this book even be published and to have it reach so many people and have it be a useful tool for so many people was for many many years my only hope and prayer it was all i wanted um and so, yes, when I'm when I ke- am able to keep things in perspective, I'm absolutely living my dream.
0: Well, that's incredible. And also, you've made a very good point is that you should never really stop dreaming. You should always have higher and higher goals.
1: It's hard. It's hard not to. The human spirit is, I think, naturally dissatisfied. But if you can turn that dis that dissatisfaction I think I think it was Martha Graham who called it divine dissatisfaction into striving um, then it can be useful energy but it can also be it can eat at you if, if it if it just stagnates as dissatisfaction you have to funnel it into your engine.
0: Oh absolutely and I think you also have to understand that you're achieving things every single day. They may not be your end goal but you are constantly achieving.
1: And you'll never actually get there, and that's okay, too.
0: That is also okay, because you're doing incredible things along the way.
1: That's um, right.
0: But what got you to this point? Where do you come from?
1: <laughs> uh, I I took a very windy road um, to this point. It was an indirect route.
0: That's the kind I, of answer I like.
1: <laughs> I was... When I made this book, uh, I had been working as a theatre actor for... 15 years. That's what I first moved to New York to do. Okay. I went to Juilliard. That's where I trained. And then I I did plays on and off Broadway and all over the country, regional stuff, bad paying gigs, a lot <laughs> of employment for many, 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 many years. And one of the things that is so frustrating about that particular art form is you have very little control over when and when you're working and when you're not working, you have to wait for someone to give you permission to do your job. And that can be an existentially uh, fraying position to be in. I think this project started germinating in my mind as a way to diffuse that psychic pressure and to have a little bit of agency over when I was able to be creative. Mm-hmm. So, I started I worked on it for a long time on my own. Either between jobs, I worked on it backstage when I was doing plays. I I revised it for for years. And I I I don't know why I had never done a picture book before. It was never an explicit goal of mine. Mm to write a picture book, but this idea felt very specific to that medium. And so I sort of had to learn how to do it to serve the idea, but it was the idea that came
0: first. Had you always been interested in writing?
1: To tell you the truth, I don't know that I am interested in (laughs) writing. I think I'm interested in storytelling and I'm interested in visual storytelling, but it's always interesting to me when people refer to me as a writer, because the book only has like 18 words in it. I think the, the words came dead last for me. I conceived of it, I suppose, the way a, a filmmaker storyboards mm-hmm. um, the arc of a story. I saw it visually. And for a long time, uh, I considered making it a wordless picture book. The problem you run into, I discovered when I was test driving it on all of the children I was nannying for, is that people tended to assume that Julian, for your UK audiences, uh, was a girl. And so then none of those questions about gender and identity really get asked. And so it became clear to me that there needed to be some text to, f- as a foundation for the story, but mm-hmm. there didn't need much so in answer to your question i always wanted to be an artist but how how that art was manifested was never i don't i don't know that it that it mattered to me which which medium it was in i'm medium fluid
0: as an okay. artist. <laughs> that's a great way of describing it and were you creating art whilst you were working as an actor
1: I was I was uh before I before I went to Juilliard to study drama I as an undergraduate I studied visual art and that was that was always the other thing that I that I did and I think for me the the source of expression in those two forms is pretty pretty similar for me when I was a kid I spent a lot of time alone and the way I would entertain myself is I would draw these i mean i guess they were like soap operas they were they were very very dramatic lots of tears lots of deathbed scenes and i would sort of do the voices as i was drawing them and it was a way of acting it out i suppose but from a seated position
0: that's Um, great so you were creating art stories through both of the arts that you enjoyed
1: Exactly, but when I was working as an actor, I I really stopped. I wasn't drawing professionally in any capacity, and I I had never done um, visual art professionally. Mm. So this was really my first attempt to do that.
0: What what a first attempt!
1: I know. It, oh my goodness! I, I didn't expect it to work, and it's—I'm still—I'm still reeling from the fact that it did.
0: <laughs> that that is—that's absolutely incredible. So, where did the idea for Julian come from?
1: I always have a hard time answering this question because I think there were a lot. Of, there were a lot of things I was thinking about simultaneously that that were that created the right conditions for, for that idea to emerge. I, and, and I couldn't really say which came first, but Mm. I had some of the, some of the things that were in the mix were I was dating someone at the time whose eldest sibling had, had just transitioned and started living as a man. And he'd waited, he'd waited until I think he was in his fifties, but he'd known you know he'd known his whole life and eventually it got to the point where he had to make this change in order to live mm. and so i was i was getting to know this family just after this big shift had happened and it was interesting to to sort of think about the ways that the family organism is able to respond to and support the growth of one member. And so I, I started thinking about that a lot. It made me start thinking about drag as as performance, as self-expression, and how, how it's just not that different from playing dress up as a kid. It still has that... I mean, it's really the only form of dress up as an adult that exists on as fantastic a level as the kind of play you do when you're a kid Mm -hmm. and I was really interested in that connection and I thought it was strange that it hadn't been explored more explicitly um what else was I thinking about I was thinking a lot about um I was thinking about sort of the mythopoetic quality of, of water and how there's something, there's something liberating about, about being a body floating in water uh, without gravity crushing you or clothes defining you, feeling supported on all sides. I was reading all of these online forums of families who had trans kids talking about, you know, their experiences. And I noticed this, this theme of mermaids being Mm. a real preoccupation. And, you know, there are a number of theories as to why mermaids in particular are, are so are so fascinating. They're, you know, they don't have anything going on below the waist and they're a magical creature that exists between worlds. And yes, I think all of that is true, but also mermaids are great and (laughs) everyone knows that. Um, But that, when I started noticing that theme, that was what made me think, what made me realize that the mermaid, the mermaid parade on Coney Island, which is a real event that happens every year. um, Probably not this year, tragically, but, every other year on June 22nd, it's what opens the, the Coney Island boardwalk. And it's a big, weird sort of art artist parade. People spend all year working on their costumes and it's very colorful, it's very queer positive, there's music, there, there's a lot of nudity and a lot of glitter. And I remember when I first moved to New York, the train, I, the train lane I was living on was along the, the line that takes you out to Coney Island. But I didn't know about the Mermaid Parade. And I got on the train and it was filled with people who were practically naked, covered in glitter, hair everywhere. It was so extravagant. And I
0: didn't know what was going on. You just thought you were in heaven, I assume.
1: I thought I had passed through some sort of membrane into a better world and i thought about how amazing that experience would be for her little kid especially a little kid who loved mermaids mm-hmm. the other thing i was thinking about was the was the subway system in new york and how it is such a it is a kind of magical portal into Every other person who lives in that city of eight million people all smashed together and how it's this opportunity when you're traveling from one place to another to mm. glimpse the entire rainbow of humanity living their lives and I wanted I wanted this encounter that this child has that kind of expands their worldview to happen on on the subway because for me it's a very sacred and profane. <laughs>
0: place well absolutely and you'd also experience something similar by walking into a subway train full of mermaids
1: I had I had and you can always tell the day the day after the parade too the train floors are still covered with glitter
0: well I'm gonna have to mark that date in my diary because I would (laughs) like to go to that with all of my heart it sounds so exciting (laughs) Uh, and have you been have you to the mermaid parade now
1: I have. I went I went a couple times when I was working on the book to sketch and to get ideas. And now I just go for the for the glitter and to get a good sunburn. Have you taken part yet? No, I'm too chicken.
0: Too chicken. No, I'm sure you'd be fantastic.
1: I'm also too lazy. I think there's oh, a There we go. There's a act actors tend to tend to get really lazy around the dress up holidays. Um but I think I've been i've been i've been not acting for long enough that maybe i could i could get it up to make a good costume
0: do you know if there have been any julians represented in the in the parade have, have you been sent pictures of julians
1: none that i've seen in the parade but i have seen a food a few julians on halloween which is oh best the coolest, the coolest
0: that's so incredible because when when people adopt your character for a halloween costume you've created something iconic
1: it's mind blowing i really do feel like i if i get hit by a bus tomorrow i did i did a good thing then i can be
0: i think you absolutely about, did a good thing
1: i wish i could internalize that good feeling but i guess that's not <laughs> it's not in the cards
0: that's a that's a bit trickier sometimes Uh, and now a character I'd really like to ask about is Julian's grandma
1: yes yes
0: why is it a grandma rather than a parent
1: it wasn't a decision that I that I made in a sort of front of the brain kind of way when the first when the idea first came to me it was of a boy and his grandmother sitting on the subway that was sort of the first kernel mm. and in the first kernel of the idea they were actually going to encounter a drag queen on her way to do a show or something and then later it became mermaids it was always a grandmother i think there's i think there is a kind of telescoping that can happen between generations that allows them to see each other with a different kind of perspective. I was extremely close to my grandmother and I wanted to I wanted to honour that. The book is dedicated to her actually.
0: Oh, amazing. Uh, One of the reasons that the book actually works so well is because the, the grandmother is such a strong character and there's this really interesting idea that we have as a society that old people are past it and have old-fashioned values. But what i found, certainly in my family, because I was very close to my grandmother as well, is that actually my grandmother was the most open-minded member of the family. I've
1: and she was
0: the that. least to care about what you did, so long as you were happy. And I think that's because they've been through so much. They know that actually being happy is the end goal. Like, that's what you're trying to achieve.
1: I think it's true. And I think, I think there's an ability of grandparents just... Adore their grandchildren and want them to be happy. And I think that sometimes, I mean, I, I can't speak from experience because I don't have children myself, but it seems to me that it is often harder to not identify as strongly uh, when it's your own child. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think when it's your grandchild, you feel maybe less invested in sort of shaping them you know your job is just to adore them
0: yes because a a grandchild is not representing you in the same way that they're representing their parents i suppose they're they're not a product of you that's right um so you don't have that pressure Uh, Also, I enjoy the episode in the book where he takes the curtains down off the pole because I actually did that with my grandmother. (laughs) Yes. And when I I read the book to children, which I do probably once a week, I always say, from personal experience, this is probably not advisable,
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) which they absolutely love. And I also like building up that tension when they think the grandmother's going to be so cross. And then that moment where she just hands in the pearls is always makes me tear up a little bit because it's so beautiful. And I think the lack of words actually really helps because there's also that that sense of a bond where words are unnecessary and the kids have completely invested in it so they completely get it.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to hear you say that. That's, that's really good to hear.
0: And believe me, I've read this book so many times now and it's never... <laughs> a chore to read it i absolutely love it and the best thing is watching the parents who don't know it especially if they've got children that might be experiencing something similar to julian because i think they're really surprised at the impact that a a picture book with so few words can have on them it's really interesting
1: that makes me so happy i really wanted it to feel i didn't i didn't necessarily think of it as a children's book i think Mm. of it as as a picture book a book. A story that's told in pictures and I think it can I wanted it to speak to adults as directly as it speaks to children and I think maybe that's part of the part of what the lack of text does pictures lets us I don't know it communicates on a very direct level I think
0: yeah absolutely and the pictures are so beautiful as well thank you which I think I mean every child just loves looking at the pictures. Adults I know have said to me afterwards, oh, this is our favorite one. And others have said, oh, I prefer this one. Oh, I want to wear that costume that the third mermaid from the rights got in the parade. People find it so exciting. So it's it's a real pleasure to read. So thank you very much. Oh, that um, makes me so happy. And there are more Julian stories.
1: There is. I, I finished about a month ago, the next one. Um, which should be coming out in in the United States is coming out in October, and I think it should be coming out in the UK shortly afterwards. It's called uh, Julian at the Wedding, and it takes place at at a wedding in Brooklyn with two beautiful brides, and uh, in a public park, which is by my by my house, um, and Julian is in the wedding. And he makes friends with a flower girl. They get up to some wedding mischief. Time is spent under the table. Yeah, I think it's... I think it sort of pokes around sort of similar themes of expectations we have for children, but um, the ones we have for for girls and what happens when you're a different kind of girl. So that's the the flower girl and her name is marisol which is a spanish name obviously that's her her grandmother is also in the book and her grandmother is if you look at the at the front end pages and the back end pages of of julian as a mermaid she's she's one of the ladies in the water aerobics class so she's in it too
0: <laughs> now those ladies are my favorite illustration my in the book <laughs> so, I am very excited that we're getting uh, one of them as a character. Come on, see, I treat this like Game of Thrones. I feel like <laughs> I know every picture in that book. So, the fact that one of them is coming more to the forefront is very exciting. Oh, I'm um, glad. And, I'll just, and, and is, is Julian's grandma in it as well? Yes, yes. Oh, good. So, we, we get two grandmas.
1: They're my favorites. I'm probably going to do a, a third Julian book after I finish all my other everything else that's on my list. And I'd like this one to be mainly about the grandmothers because they're, for me, they're where it's
0: at. I have so much character. It should be Julian joins Aquarobics.
1: Abuela at the pool.
0: I love it. It's brilliant. How exciting. And so that that is coming out in the US in October. In October.
1: And I think my US publisher is a subsidiary of Walker books. So I I have to check the contract, but they might be coming out simultaneously in October.
0: Well, if you're listening in the US, then make sure you look out for uh, Julian at the wedding in, or Julian at the wedding in uh, October. And in the UK, just mark your diaries for around October time. And then you'll know to be alert, but I will be very alert to it because I will be keeping an eye out. So when it's, it's published over here, I'll make sure that everyone on my pages and stuff knows. And I will probably get a copy as soon as I can and start reading it <laughs> because I love it. What was it like to hold your first copy of your book? It was surreal.
1: A book is such an object. You know, if you're, if you're a visual artist and you're making paintings, they exist as that one painting. It's a singular object and it, it's wherever on your desk you left it. But a book exists in all of these places you've never been to. And it's it's like an idea that you wind up and then it goes off into the world carrying, carrying your message to places you'll never go to people you'll never meet. And that idea is so big and so, so beautiful. It really, I mean, I, I definitely cried, but it, I, I still can't quite believe that, that, that it, that it got published at all and that it was able to reach so many people. I mean, it's, it's definitely the great honor of my life that this thing worked out.
0: Oh, that's so amazing, and it's been translated into lots of languages.
1: I think I think we're at seventeen now. It's been to countries I have never been. It's speaking languages I don't speak. It's such. It's a very cool feeling. I remember when I first got the. Um, I think the the first edition that wasn't even using the Roman alphabet was the Taiwanese version. And seeing, seeing the text of it in these beautiful characters that I do not have any idea what they say, but because I know the text, I can be like, that's how you write mermaid. <laughs> Same with the Korean edition. Seeing it in these different characters was such a... I mean, it really puts a point on how universal a story can be, if someone's willing to publish it for
0: you and I suppose by being in 17 languages and I mean obviously it's in English which is a a real head start because it's the biggest language in the world but you're reaching children who will find that story and themselves in that story for the first time and will help adults communicate with their children about you know what they're experiencing and you're that must be an incredible feeling as well to know that you're actively helping people change their lives
1: it's an amazing feeling. It's Have amazing. you heard
0: from anybody who you've helped?
1: That was something that I didn't I didn't count on,
0: was how profound it
1: would be to hear from parents with little Julians of their own. I've also heard from a lot of people who are grown up Julians and who've said, this was me, this story is about me. It's anytime I do a reading of the book, there will usually be someone like that in the crowd, either a grown up who identified with the story or parents bringing their little mermaid. Um, and they'll be like, This is my son, Sam. This is Miss Jessica. And Sam is wearing like some gauzy number with a headdress. And it's like, Yes, Sam, yes. To get to actually meet people for whom. The thing you've made has been useful is a profound feeling
0: it does change your perspective on what you do and what you've been doing as well because i write my own stories and they're about being who you are and they're obviously on a much smaller scale than yours but having spent so many years i was an actor for 15 years and having spent so many years saying other people's words yes that have have no uh, reason other than to entertain, which is a very valid reason, yeah. um, That's that's all fine. But then when you tell a story that actually affects people and educates or makes them feel accepted, you suddenly go, I have much more power than I ever realized. And it suddenly makes you go, well, I can't say or do anything on a stage now or in a book form that's not going to make someone feel this way again.
1: I know just what you
0: mean. Do you feel uh, and under any pressure to yeah. create that with your work now?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's going to split me in two. <laughs> oh goodness. I, I just didn't expect it to to work or to be successful mm. or even to get published and and I th- and the and the story was born quite organically after a long gestation period and I was really nervous about writing a follow-up that would feel um exploitive or like I was just cashing in on the success of the first one. I really didn't want to poison it in any way. Um, and so <laughs> making this second book was an agonizing process and I'm I'm hoping that I'll uh, I'll get better at um, sort of mitigating that anxiety, but yeah, it does, it does feel like a big responsibility.
0: I completely understand that. And I am I'm can only apologize if my question just made you delve right back in there. Oh no, I was, I lived there. <laughs> I suppose it is. I know if you've had a successful opening night in the theater and then the second night you go, oh, well, I don't know how that's gonna happen again.
1: That's right. I, I
0: suppose it must feel like that, but on a slightly bigger yeah. scale. Yeah. So thank you for working through it and making sure that we can all get more Julian in our, in our lives. That's very much appreciated. And I hope that everyone listening understands what Jessica is putting herself through to make sure that we are culturally enriched. Um, and so you, even more important, you go out and buy the book in October and tell all of your friends for now to buy Julian as a mermaid whilst they can. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for, uh, sharing uh, your inspirations with me and uh, being so inspiring yourself. And thank you so much for writing such an incredible book that means so much to so many people.
1: Thank you so much, Mamaji. You are an inspiration to us all. And I love watching you from afar. And thank you. Thank you for introducing my boy and his grandmother to your wide and adoring crowd. Thank oh, you. Well, it
0: would absolutely my pleasure. And when we can move around the world again, if I'm ever in Brooklyn, I'll let you know
1: please do we'll go to the parade
0: oh yes absolutely so uh maybe i'll see you next year in that case Hello everybody, welcome to Storytime with Mamma G. We've gone international today, and I am very excited about this because we are with the author of one of my most favorite books in the whole wide world. Some of you will probably be able to guess who this is, but if you can't, I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. Hello, what's your name and where'd you come from?
1: Hello Mamma G, my name is Jessica Love and I am the author and illustrator of the picture book known in the UK as Julian is a Mermaid and known in the US as Julian is a Mermaid.
0: Well, it's so lovely to meet you via the method of Skype. Don't worry, I have not traveled to uh, New York. You live in Brooklyn. I live in
1: Brooklyn, New York, and we we are speaking over
0: thousands of miles of ocean. Thousands of miles. Telly waves are literally swimming so that we can have this conversation, uh, which is marvellous. And I am so excited to talk to you because I absolutely love Julian is a Mermaid. And I know that probably the thousands of kids that I've read it to and their parents absolutely love it as well. And we definitely can't wait to find out all about the story and where it came from. But um, have you always been an author? I have not.
1: When I first started working on this story, I was actually working as an actor. I trained as a theater actor. That's what I moved to New York to do. I went to the Juilliard School and studied Shakespeare and Moliere and voice and speech and all that jazz.
0: And and the Juilliard School is a very well-known school, isn't it?
1: It does, it does ring a few bells.
0: (laughs) It does have a reputation.
1: It, It does, it does. So, yeah, after I graduated, I worked as an actor doing new plays and classical work and regional theatre. And I started working on um, Julian as a way to be creative during the many periods
0: of unemployment,
1: (laughs) which are also part of the life of the actor.
0: Absolutely. And what came first with Julian? Do you uh, the words, like the the authorship of it, I suppose, or the illustrations.
1: That's such a good question. I tend to be a visual thinker, and so the first seed of the story was just this image, which was a little boy and his grandmother sitting on uh, the subway and having some sort of encounter, some sort of fantastical imagination inspiring um, dress-upy encounter. And that was was the first seed. And then from that image, uh, the rest of the story grew, but it grew visually. I didn't put the text in actually until, the book was actually about to go to print and my editor was under the impression that I wanted it to be a completely wordless story. And I wrote her an email saying, We should probably finally decide what the words are going to (laughs) be. She said, oh, darling, (laughs) what are you talking about? And so we had about a week for me to figure out what the text was. But we got it in there in the end. So, yes, words. I'm a words last kind of a
0: storyteller. Well, and there is that phrase that a, a picture can tell a, paint a thousand, no, a word. I don't know what the phrase is.
1: Picture's worth a thousand words. That's the one. So if it's if it's a 36-page book, this is a 36,000 plus the seven actual words book.
0: <laughs> 36,007 and seven
1: words. <It's>, that's right. <laughs> and
0: you wrote them all within a week. How incredible! And what was the process of creating the characters like? How did how did Julian and his grandmother manifest themselves?
1: A lot of times sitting on the subway drawing people. That's my favorite place to steal real life. It's tricky, though, because you always end up getting caught. Sometimes I try to wear a wide-brimmed hat so people can't see that I'm looking at them, but, you yeah, know, they usually catch you.
0: But your drawing is so good. If I caught you drawing me, I would be honored.
1: Oh, thank you. That's very nice. I do wish I had an invisibility cloak sometimes for the subway so that I could get away with more avid staring
0: (laughs) are the looks of the characters based on anyone that you know or from people that you've you've met on the subway
1: a little i mean a little bit the grandmother isn't the grandmother is i don't know where she came from i mean she's certainly inspired by many grandmothers i've seen on (laughs) on the subway and then uh julian or julian for the u.s listeners He was kind of modelled or started out being modelled on the fellow I was dating at the time. But then he sort of grew into his own.
0: That's incredible. And the mermaid parade that they joined, that is a a thing that actually happens. It
1: is a real thing. It is a fantasy in real life. It happens every year uh, on June 22nd. On Coney Island, which uh, for those of you who are familiar with Brooklyn, Brooklyn is a is an island, Long Island, and <laughs> Coney Island is a is a boardwalk with a rides park, and a famous hot dog stand, and tons of swimming. And every year when they open the boardwalk. Uh, the first thing that happens is the mermaid parade and people spend all year getting the, making their costumes. They're very fantastical. They're often quite nakedy, covered in glitter. Um, and then there, uh, there's music, there's dancing, and it's a very, very joyful, wild, fun, very New York experience.
0: And have you taken part in the parade?
1: I've only taken part as an observer. The first time I became aware of the parade, I had I had just moved to New York and I was living along the Q line, which is the line, the subway line that goes out to Coney Island. And I got on the train and it was filled with these next to naked people covered in body paint and glitter with headdresses and pearls and mermaid tales, and I didn't know what was going on or where they were headed, but uh, more and more of them kept getting on the train. And I first learned about the mermaid parade and I thought what a cool experience that would be for a little kid who loves mermaids and who doesn't have such a clear idea of what's real and what isn't.
0: Absolutely, because I imagine as an adult, it was probably quite an overwhelming experience
1: my heart started beating fast.
0: <laughs> did you want to stay on the train? Did you stay on the train?
1: I did. I rode for a couple stops beyond where I was going just to see if more mermaids would get
0: would get on. And they did. Oh, they kept flooding on. How wonderful. And so what was it like to hold your book for the first time? Because this is your first book that you've had published.
1: First book. It felt like holding a baby for the first time. It was it didn't feel real until until you're holding that object with its you know its bound covers and it's you can really imagine then what people will be encountering in stores and libraries and on on their bookshelves it it makes it real in a way that it hadn't been before and i yeah i of course i cried
0: <laughs> and what does it feel like to know that that baby as you just described it has gone to thousands and millions of people and is in uh, you said before we started recording it's been translated into 17 languages
1: i can't the way i the way i sort of try to describe it is it's a bit like um sort of like like the uh like that capsule they put on put on the Voyager, um, where you where you try to you try to convey this message, and then you send it out into space, and you hope someone will receive it. And when you see when you see the book printed in a language that you don't even speak, being distributed in a country that you've never visited, it really makes it clear that this message is going to travel further than your own little voice ever could and that is a profound feeling.
0: Yeah, that just must feel incredible and, and also it's it's such an important message for people to hear as well and obviously the, the uptake and the enthusiasm about the book is a demonstration that people need to hear the message and want to hear the message which is an amazingly positive thing about the future of the world so Thank you for bringing that to our attention.
1: I and think you're right. I think it's a. I think times are changing in a good way right now.
0: And so this message is being sent all over the world, and it's being so well received. Have you heard from any of your readers? I mean, young or adults who have been directly affected by the story?
1: That has been the coolest part, and that was that was something that I didn't really anticipate. I I think because. Because I, because I used to be an actor and I was so used to... You have that very direct experience of what an audience's um, reaction is. You can, you're in the room with them when, when the story is happening and you can feel it. And so when the book was published at first, I thought I wasn't... I, I, you know, I wasn't going to be in the room when people were reading it. I wasn't really going to know... If it was working or not, but then people started reaching out to me on Instagram, or uh, they would find my email on my website and they would write to me and tell me either my son is a Julian and and we really our family needed this story, or a lot of a lot of people who are adults now saying. This is, this was me, this was me and my grandmother. That has been an amazing experience to be able to connect with these people who I, who I made the book for. Uh, I think it's a rare experience as an artist to feel like you actually get to connect with the people in real time who you, who you were trying to reach. So that, that's been my favorite
0: Perhaps, and to know that your your words and your imagination is changing people's lives must just be phenomenal and i i see it in action because i read this book probably once a week sometimes three times a day if you know i'm booked and blessed and i see i see people hearing it for the first time and i see the reactions especially from the adults and even because it's got so few words but yeah. the, re- the reaction is always so strong and i always say at the start i'm like there will be tears at the end of this. There will be nice tears. Some of them may be mine, it depends what mood I'm in. If I'm a bit tired, even if it's the 300th time I've read it, it will still get me. And adults always think, no, it's a it's a picture book, it's fine. And then by the end, guaranteed, at least one adult's got some tissues in their hands.
1: That's, listen, tears are the only currency I'm concerned with. <laughs> it's salt water, baby.
0: Absolutely, that's what the book's all about, isn't
1: it? That's right. Uh, They're swimming in
0: tears, the good kind. The good kind. Well, thank you so much for letting me talk to you, Jessica. It's been absolutely lovely to find out about the book. And thank you so much for creating such an incredible book. And before we go, you have another book coming out soon, I believe.
1: I do. do. In October, it's another Julian or Julian book. It's called um, Julian at the Wedding. Uh, And it's going to be published in October. There's a new character named Marisol, but uh, Julian's grandmother is back. And one of her friends from her water aerobics class is back. And it's at a wedding. And there are two gorgeous brides. And it takes place in a public park in Brooklyn. So uh, keep an eye out. It'll be out in October.
0: I'm sold. So keep an eye on all of those. Uh, Well, thank you so much. Um, I will let you get on with your day now, but I will see you, uh, well, next time I'm in Brooklyn, I'll be sure to come along and say hello. You better. about that two interviews for the price of one or one interview for the price of one if you only listen to one isn't she fascinating and I am so excited for October hopefully when her book Julian at the wedding will be available and some of the illustrations she did show me and they are absolutely gorgeous so I am full of anticipation for the autumn already and we've not even had the summer my darlings Well, now, talking of books, as I so often do, it is time for the Book of the Week. This week's Book of the Week is called Ghost's Journey, a refugee story, and it is by Robin Stevenson. Now, if you've been watching my Facebook Lives... Thank you very much. If you've not, why not? Do explain yourself. You can see me every Wednesday and Sunday at 6pm British time on Facebook, just like my Facebook page, at Mamma G Stories. But if you do watch already, then you will have spotted that a few weeks ago, Ghost Journey, A Refugee Story was the book that I read live. And then we made some dream catchers. And we all had a wonderful time. And the book got such a great response that I thought I wanted to share it on the podcast too. Now the book is about a cat called Ghost who goes on a journey from Indonesia to Canada. The reason that Ghost takes this journey is because her two dads, Raina and Ika, who are in love, are being persecuted in their home country for being in a gay relationship. And they realise they need to go to somewhere that's safer. So they decide to go to Canada, where they get lots of support from two charities, Rainbow Railroad and Rainbow Refugee. You can look both of them up, and I will try and remember to mention them in the description of the podcast. Now, it's a true story. This actually happened. And the illustrations in the book are created from photographs that Raina, who's one of the characters, took as all of this was going on. So the cat you see in the book is actual ghost. How exciting is that? And there is a rather cute picture that the lovely people at Rebel Mountain Press, who are the publishers, provided for me of Kat looking at the books that she's starring in and she's on the cover. Um, so it yes, it's a Canadian book by an author called Robin Stevenson who originally is from the UK but uh, then went to Canada when she was young and she also writes lots of other incredible books with LGBT themes including one called Pride Colours which I'm trying to get a hold of which looks absolutely wonderful so do go and look up Ghost's Journey A Refugee Story and if you'd like to buy yourself a copy which I would highly recommend it is very beautiful and the proceeds from the book do go to Rainbow Railroad and Rainbow Refugee then please go to www.rebelmountainpress.com and you can find them and Robin Stevenson on Facebook and Instagram too. Well, thank you so much for joining me for another story time with Mamma G and a big thank you to Jessica Love for being my guest twice on today's podcast. Now, on Sunday when I am doing a Facebook live, I will be reading Courtesy of Walker Books, I will be reading Julian is a Mermaid. So if you are listening to this before May the 3rd, then join me for a live rendition of Julian is a Mermaid. And I don't want to put thoughts into your head, but my reading of the story really is, um, how do you say it? What's the word? Um, Iconic. That's the one I was looking for, yes. Iconic. And um, So please do search for at Mamma G Stories on Facebook and Instagram and uh, follow and like my pages. And also on May the 3rd at 11am I will be doing a live stream for Online Pride. So I should be telling stories, probably singing a few songs. Why not? Let's give it a shot. And then May the 23rd I will be doing Virtual Pride uh, I'm not sure at what times yet, but I have recorded several stories, including a fox called Herbert and Elmer and the Rainbow from Anderson Press, and I am very excited about those. It's going to be a wonderful day with lots of exciting things in store for you all. And don't forget, if you would like to support me and my work during these quarantine times, you can find me on patreon.com slash G Stories and co-fee.com slash Mamma G. I hope that all made sense. And you can buy me a coffee or you can subscribe for lots of goodies. It will all be rather wonderful. Thank you so much. I will see you next week and have a fantastic weekend. Bye! It's story time with Mamma G. Come and hear our story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. It's story time. Story time with mama.